Welcome to the 128 Podcast. I'm Tommy West. Today on the show, a friend of mine that I'm very excited to talk to, Tim Wu, otherwise known as Elefante, uh, who I haven't seen in a couple of years. I think the last time we saw each other was at a festival. I can't remember which one, though. My memory is terrible. Uh, But Tim is a great guy, uh, an amazing musician, an amazing producer. Uh, He has put out a ton of original music in addition to to the remixes he's done over the years that you have definitely heard. Uh, Plus, he's into some fun stuff like video games and making his own games and D&D. We'll talk about all that today on the show. This is Elefante. All right. uh, How's it going? Are you in New York? Yeah, I'm in Brooklyn. So, So, um, man, you uh, you hanging in there? Things are a little scary. Um, you know what? It's fun. I haven't left the house in about four weeks. <laughs> okay. Uh, I hung out on my, uh, my fire escape for like half a minute. Um, and, and then I, that's I, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> it's something. <laughs> it's lit as they say. <laughs> well, where are you right now? I'm in LA. Okay. You have like a, I'm, I'm assuming LA. LA means you have space. Yes, LA is. Uh, it's actually not that scary right now. I'm, I've been in a house for the last few years, and we have a backyard, and there's, um, you know, we have a porch, and the weather's been. I mean, it's been rainy, but generally, it's been pretty decent, and the grocery stores are now well stocked, and so it's uh, doesn't feel too apocalyptic. Well, are you actually going out and going to grocery stores with a mask on and everything? And or are you going yeah, to delivery? Yeah, I mean, we're uh, I'm obviously still, you know, I'm trying to be responsible and stay at home. And so we're only going out for, you know, groceries and really necessary stuff. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it just the, you know, I, I can see the outside from my studio. So <laughs> it, it, it makes it it's kind of funny, too, because it's like, um if there was ever a time to have like home studios built, it's now. And, you know, everyone had home studios before this, obviously, but now it's like, now you're really spending time in there. And, and I think there's like a different mindset maybe of like, well, now I have to be here. It's not, it's not just like, it's convenient. It's in my house. Now it's no, I have to be here. This is where I have to do my work or make music or whatever. Yeah. I was lucky in that I sort of had, a hiatus from touring planned anyway. Yeah. It was thrust upon me, you know, six weeks earlier than I uh, was expecting, but yeah. um, it's been, uh, so it, this was always kind of in the plan. I wasn't going to tour too heavy through the summer anyway. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it is it, generally, it's scary. It's like, who knows when we're going to be able to play shows again. And it's, yeah. uh, so it's, um, you know, the whole paradigm of how, DJs and musicians make a living has changed and I've yeah. spent the last four days trying to get streaming set up and getting all the like all the different softwares and then my laptop crashed so that was uh, not ideal but um, you know we're uh, we're surviving out here yeah I mean that was the other thing too I think the last time me and you saw each other in person 
was a festival. I just can't put my finger on which festival it was, whether it was EDC or that, that, yeah, that's how, yeah, I think my first EDC sounds about right. Yeah. It's been, I mean, it's been a while and and it's funny too. I mean, I was looking at, I was just looking stuff up and like trying to remember the last time we saw each other and, and that came across and I was like, wow. And everything with everything getting canceled this year too, or pushed, it's just like, yeah, like that was, sort of some of the magic and, and and that's the thing too is like you know i think and 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 maybe i'm maybe i'm uh projecting a little bit but i'm like i think for someone like you it's like yeah like in the studio is half the battle and then the, the touring and and the the festivals and everything else is is the other half that's where you get to kind of get to see the payoff of everything this has got to be painful mm-hmm. <laughs> right now too not knowing yeah, i mean it's for me it's i've always been more of a studio person than a uh DJ or show person like if I could only have one I would definitely pick studio so but it, it there is this sense of you don't want to be left behind right because yeah. it for me it is important to spend time in the studio and make new music but then you see all these festival lineups and you're like damn it yeah. like I should be on that yeah. and so there <laughs> there is a little bit of like peer pressure rat race kind of thing going on with that but it's uh with all all that removed it's uh you know it's like okay well back to the studio but then yeah. sadly or for it, it just is what it is but um being a musician is not just about making the music, right? You, you got to stay relevant with your fans. You got to stay top of mind. You got all the socials to worry about. So it's, um, it is, uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's just a, it's a whole, whole new set of things to stress about. Yeah. But, and that's the thing too, is like, I, I, I'm watching everyone, including you, like, doing live sets and like doing Twitch streams and, and stuff on socials and little mini like virtual festivals and all these things. And, and it's funny mm-hmm. because, you know, I'm looking at it and, and from afar and it's, it's exciting. It, it on one end, it's exciting to see like the community come together and everyone like want to like do things for their fans and, and for the, you know, for everyone out there just kind of sitting back and, you know, staying at home, doing nothing but watching music videos and, and watching live streams of, of DJ sets. But at the same time too, it's like, well, this is just, you know, like it almost feels like it's, it's setting off something brand new because like, to your point, we don't know when any of this quarantine stuff is ever going to end and change. And then even going back to quote unquote normal seems weird, right? Like when, what, what is normal then? Are we just going to, all right, well, the festival's back on now and we can stop doing live streams. Like, is this just sort of fading into creating some new thing that this is just how we do things now. Yeah. I actually think that the paradigm of what it means to be a DJ or a musician or any kind of entertainer is actually changing. I don't think we'll be in quarantine forever, but (laughs) I think, you know, I did this insomniac, uh, uh, stream a couple, a few weeks ago and they were talking about like, this is like an amazing thing. And they had like more, they said they had something like a million people watching. And it's like, in, in a lot of ways, that's the biggest festival they've ever had. And they, they were saying that even after they can throw the events again, they're going to continue to do the live stream stuff, which is, which I think is great. And I think it's the, even, I think it's going to take some time for 
the world to so-called return to normal, but it's even when that happens, I think there, there's like something fundamental that's kind of changed about people. And until, you know, I think something this sort of traumatic for society is, is, is going to linger for a while. And it's, I think at the beginning it was like, okay, how do I just hold it down until things go back to normal? And then we can, it's business as usual, but now I don't know if it's just being cooped up for the last month, but it, it really feels like the the paradigm of how the world works is uh is like indelibly changed yeah um yeah it's i I don't know it's uh, that part is i think the the more interesting and exciting part of it like that idea that you know the community comes together and there's been like a lot of things where the community has come together over the years of like doing something new or special or honoring someone and and this is like oh no but this we're doing it for ourselves and it's for Mm -hmm. everyone and to your point of like how big it becomes and like yeah i I think it's you know because you know i think about i i don't know if you do this now too where you like watch tv shows and people are hugging and things and you're like oh whoa (laughs) social distancing you shouldn't be doing that and it just gets in your head like that's we're supposed to stay apart now and you think about something like EDC where it's like literally two o'clock in the morning and everyone is bunched up together, uh, at watching, uh, you know, a, a set at a stage and it's like, yeah, it's going to be a while before people feel comfortable to do those things again. But like being able to see everyone come together and, and do positive things really changes the paradigm and, and sets it for like, no, no, this is, this is a new, like maybe we'll go back to doing festivals again, but it doesn't mean we'll stop doing this new thing that we created out, out of this mess. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's, part. it's, yeah, it's, uh, I, I think there's, uh, there are two sides to it. Cause part of me is like, well, why does anyone care? Or like <laughs> what I'm, what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis. Right. Yeah. So it's, it does kind of feed into the sort of, I don't know what you want to call it. This might get into old man yelling at the sky. No, I want to hear old man yell at the sky. <laughs> This, this, no, it's just this, like, this idea that everyone, like, that your life is, like, needs to be streamed and recorded and shown to everyone else, right? It's this sort of, there's, there's this pressure now to where it's, like, your private life is not really private anymore right Right. even even if you're not an entertainer right just like the the need for i i I think the social distancing has sort of exacerbated that where it's like you know you're used to all this social contact and the only way you can kind of get it now is through uh through online channels but then instead of just you know you know all the zoom and facetime things those are great but then it's like okay well i'm gonna go live because i want people to know what's going on with my life and so it's uh it's an interesting kind of psychological experiment that's happening right now yeah it's i people would come by with social media teams and it would staged and planned and kind of create this facade of who they really are but i'm like no dude like I just want to hang out with you and talk to you about like food and video games and, and fun stuff. And that was the fun part about talking to everybody and getting to know all these producers and DJs and, and, and people like you that I, I started, started considering friends. And it was interesting to me because like, even when I left, I left my radio show on Sirius XM, 
I just walked away from social media and that was the most liberating thing in the world. I've hung on to it a little bit here and there, but like being able to walk away from it is so liberating. So for someone that has to still stay attuned, but yeah, I mean, it is, it is a tricky thing because as an artist, it is important that you feel larger than life, right? There is an element of you want, you want as a fan speaking as like, of myself as a fan, when I, when I go to a show, whether it's a DJ show or a movie or whatever, like I want to be transported. I want to think I'm watching a superhero. Right. Right. And so there is that, you know, sort of building that kind of, uh, that image is not natural to a lot of people, I think. And so it's, um, but you know, at the end of the day, uh, all these artists, all the, no matter how famous you are, you're, you're still a person. And, uh, I think it's, uh, revealing, right. People, you can kind of tell it's the, I think people have been so used to have gotten really stale on sort of the high production quality. Everything is perfect kind of vibe, right? Like just, if you look at social media, it's like these really sick, well-produced recap videos that, everyone used to make like those yeah. bomb, but then yeah. like <laughs> the, the random Snapchat video or selfie video of just like low quality, like raw, that's what, you know, people are really, really attracted to right now. Yeah. It's, it's that authenticity. And I, and I think we're like, it, it's, it's kind of funny. Like, uh, you look at like what does really well, like uh, everyone's sitting at home watching Netflix now. Right. And I think even some of the reality shows that are, doing well are the ones that kind of break down the facade of what it means to be like Instagram famous or, you know, like all that kind of like, it's all, everyone knows it's a game. Everyone knows that, that, that you're not really here, that your post is sponsored. Like everyone knows that side of th- stuff. Now it's not this hidden secret behind the scenes. It's not wrestling is real. You know, it, it's, it's yeah, open. Totally. And I, I think it's interesting because, Sorry to disappoint everyone out there if this if if you think that my life is some sort of uh, magical like charmed life it's like my life is like more or less the same as it's been for the last you know from when I started yeah. um it's it it uh all the sort of trappings of being a DJ or being famous or whatever it's you know you, you get to play the the shows are bigger sure but at the end of the day it's I'm spending most of the most of my time in a hotel or well I used to spend most of my time in a hotel I don't <laughs> do that anymore but uh and spending a lot of time in studio making music and uh I still have no idea what I'm doing in a lot of ways <laughs> um which I think is good you you need that sort of that sense of exploration creatively where you're trying to figure it out but it is it is very you know i it is something you have to sort of go through that even through your success you're still kind of the same person it doesn't really change things of course like i've been very lucky to have a career and that financially i'm i'm stable but it's not like i'm certainly not rich yeah and i'm not i'm not you know i'm not taking pjs like i'm still like if i get upgraded to economy comfort i'm stoked so it's like (laughs) let me tell you that that was the one disappointment of this year for me with coronavirus is i was 
I was so going to hit status this year. And then with uh, everything getting canceled, I, I'm, that's not even happening, not even close. That was my biggest disappointment this year. If it makes you feel any better, status is a total trap and that <laughs> it doesn't actually really matter other than making yourself feel good about yourself. And uh, That's all I had, man. That's all I had. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, I, like one year I tried really hard to get platinum or something. And then the next year it was like, I never got upgraded and it was just like this, this whole thing's a waste. Well, so. all right. Well, well now, now that the grass is greener, at least a little bit, what was like the best perk of like traveling or hotels? Like, did you have like a favorite hotel to stay at? Like in any specific city? Uh, well, I was a big, I was always, or I tried to stay at Marriott's because I was platinum or whatever there and the the free wi-fi was always nice sometimes you get some free water bottles too yeah um i mean the nicest hotel like anywhere is at the win and really? encore in vegas oh yeah it's like um i started my second year second year of residency there this year and i remember the first time i walked in you you opened the door and the window, the curtains automatically yes. open and Frank Sinatra starts playing from yeah. the, from the TV. And normally <laughs> I'm not, I'm just like a room is a room, but I walked yeah. in and I was like, wow, this is tight. And you know, every, <laughs> every room's a suite and has yeah. like a couch and a view of the strip and the, you know, the water pressure and the shower is fucking amazing. Oh, and man. the pillows are really comfortable. And it's just like, those are the, I mean, that's just the nicest room. I would come back from... EDC Vegas and I, I would I stayed at the Encore of the win and I remember like getting back at like five o'clock in the morning and going upstairs and then I had the whole view of of like the strip and everything and, and it was like beautiful like the sun just like peeking over the desert and I would just hit the button by the side of the bed to just have everything just go down <laughs> like just like the remote oh, yeah. control curtains and then just hit the bed and then wake up five hours later and press the button to go the opposite direction just to like wake myself up. But where were, were you doing it at the, at the pool or were you at, where, where were you doing your, your residency? Uh, I was at Encore Beach Club yeah. and Excess. So both of those are amazing. Yeah. I mean, Excess is like the, you know, I think it really is sort of the pinnacle of nightclubs. If you're, if you're building one from scratch, I think that's kind of what you would model it after. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, the whole win team's been awesome and it's uh you know the i have i'm not a big like i don't need fancy stuff like i stay in like i stay in sheridan's and courtyards yeah. all the time but then i i have to say the like the press the button to make everything go off is like pretty <laughs> pretty sick and one, one time i came in and it wasn't working i f and i fucking threw a tantrum and i was like what, what's wrong with me i'm turning into a monster i was like my curtains not opening <laughs> my curtains don't go up I and can't down press with a button. button and open my curtain this is bullshit <laughs> you're you're allowed that that you're allowed to do that though you have you know there's there's definitely been moments in my past i've looked back and I'm like oh my god i'm i'm embarrassed for myself about like a tantrum i threw um uh, actually at one of one of the festivals, uh, the Sirius XM team, I got there and I was like, all I need is Red Bull. We were doing, I think it was mm -hmm. EDC. We were doing overnight and I was like, I just need Red Bull. Just get, make sure I get Red Bull. And then I get there and then they had sugar. It was sugar free Red Bull. And then wow. I threw a tantrum. I'm like, no, I need the full <laughs> real stuff. And I felt so bad because like our head of talent, his wife was there with us and she's like, we'll go find, well, I'll go find you. And like, she was like wandering around EDC trying to find a case yeah. of Red Bull for me. And at that point oh, I'm like, Oh, wow. I'm, I'm just an asshole. 
Like I'm just. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's kind of to do your job. I don't think a curtain, you know, that you, you could argue that that for your peak performance, you needed it. Whereas for my, I don't think the curtains really affected whether I was doing my job or not. It's just I had built it up. Like, I just remember it was such a thing. I When I the first time I saw it, I immediately called my mom. And I was like, Mom, I made it. <laughs> You got to come. You got to see the curtains. Wait, I'm going to take that as a segue, by the way, too. Uh, speaking of like when you feel you made it, because I remember and I had to go back and remember the exact song. So I remember I remember playing closer when I was on the radio and mm-hmm. uh, that was that was huge at the time. But like, was that the song that you feel like was like catapulted you like now I've made it or was it anything before that or the remixes or that's always an interesting question because it's. Making it is such a sliding scale. Um, in a lot of ways, you could. I still don't think I've made it. Um, but in others, it's. I, I think the first song that I heard people singing at a show uh, was "Age of Innocence," okay. and that that was a really special moment. You know, there there are all these little ones, right? Like uh galantis played a remix i did for them at ultra in like 2014 or 2015 and that was like at the time i was like oh my god i made it but then a week later and like my life is still the same and um closer was obviously huge and that really changed things but it it really is like um i think the the day i like paid my rent with music money that was probably (laughs) the biggest i made it um, yeah. you know, and like obviously playing EDC, like playing the sun's sunrise set at EDC was kind of like that. Playing at Lala was kind of like that, but it's, um, music's tough, man. It's like every day it's it, like, you might never be bigger or more successful than you are that day. So it, it really is. There's that sense of, you know, there's no, like I made it and everything's all good from here on out. Yeah. I think it's, um, but the, I mean, hearing, hearing my music on the radio was like, that was definitely one of the, like a big check mark. Yeah. But the festival stuff is always amazing. I remember, uh, I think it was uh nitty gritty, when I was at a festival and everyone like no, everyone thought, Oh, I found the coolest remix of lights and I'm going to play it. And and like for the entire weekend, I think it was one of the Isus that all I heard was that remix. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I was like texting. I'm like, dude, literally everyone is playing Mm -hmm. your remix. Cause especially when you're, if you're there enough to see it and see everyone reacting to other DJs playing your stuff, that's 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 got to be a moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think there's uh, there's definitely a magic that because as a producer, especially as an early producer, you spend so much time by yourself and you you put everything you have in your music, and for so long, it feels like it doesn't matter because no one cares. Right. And for if you're psychotic enough to keep wanting to do that <laughs> through all the failures. Um, actually finally seeing it's like oh this is why i've put all these hours and had all this heartbreak it's so that you know i finally you know people hear it and there's nothing more magical than kind of hearing it on a big festival stage and um yeah i think that's the um you know hearing seeing ten thousand kids go absolutely nuts for something is like that's uh that's like a really that's like a holy thing and (coughs) I think that's, uh, uh, 
you know, that's, that's where the payoff comes. And I I try to remind myself and not get too not not be too jaded about set times or streams or anything. Cause at the end of the day, I get to go out and play my music and, uh, have people hear what I make, which is, uh, you know, I never want to take that for granted. Yeah, dude, for and and this is very early to butter you up uh, (laughs) rather than like the end of the interview to wrap it up. But like um, I I, I will say like there like I've I've met a lot of people in the industry over the years, a lot of a lot of producers. And um, I'll go back to something I said before, like you were definitely on that short list of people I wanted to reach out to because, you know, you were never that guy for what it's worth in my eyes. And so uh, and I feel like I had a front row seat to that. So um yeah, I wouldn't worry too much well, about that. You. There's definitely a lot of people much worse than you. I won't reveal who, but uh, but there are definitely a lot of people who definitely do do the stuff that you are afraid you're going to turn into. Uh, but I promise you, you're not one of those guys. <laughs> well, th- thank you. I mean, I think it's I'm I'm grounded by my very constant anxiety that it's uh, I'm not very good at what I do. So. But you know what? I there is you know how many you know how many guys in this industry like between putting on helmets and masks and 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 stuff and like or and that's just the physical like interpretation of everyone's anxiety of not feeling like they're good enough or uh but like yeah dude like I feel like everyone has that like where they're just like oh I'm never going to be good enough or my music sucks and this track sucks and I just put enough time in that I got to release it and it's not ready but I'm going to put it out there um but, but yeah, don't, I, I don't think you should ever feel like that ever. Cause everyone feels like that. <laughs> no, yeah. That I mean, part. it's, I, I think I have a somewhat healthy relationship with it where it's, I, I know it's there and it's, uh, I, I ultimately have confidence that it's, uh, my music's going to be pretty good, but yeah. I, I think the, it's good to have that because the second you think you're the shit and you don't have to like. <laughs> like go that extra and put all that extra work in and make sure then that's when it, that's when you should pack it up and, right. uh, and go home. Cause I, I do think that fear of, you know, fear is a very powerful motivator. And so it's like, well, you know, it's, it's about finding a balance within kind of using it as a, as a motivation and not letting it cripple you. Well, that's a good question too, is like at, at some point when you're producing a track, at what point do you get where you're just like, all right, that's enough. Like, do you give yourself a time limit? Like, do you give yourself like a, cause you always have to feel like it's not ever finished. Right. I know a lot of people feel yeah. like that. It's never finished. And that was one of the hardest things to learn. I think in my career is when to say something's done because early on, I definitely had songs that were good and then I kept working on them and then they were not good after I'd overworked them. Yeah. Um, the rule of thumb for a while is basically the, the second I can't stand working on it anymore, it's done. Um, but I've sort of, you, you kind of have to, it's just an experience thing where you, uh, you, you almost have to turn off your producer brain and listen to it as a fan again. Yeah. And, and, um, kind of imagine what it's like hearing it for the first time and it's like okay does this does this still have the magic of the excitement of the original idea because that that's the most powerful moment it's like the second that you like 
when you start on a song at some point you're really excited about it like oh this is dope and it's like does it really have that and then is the sort of sort of um more detailed work is that all there does it all feel right and it it's like okay is this um i i sort of trust that it's good because early on I, I felt like I had a lot to prove in terms of, you know, I, I wanted to be like, Oh, look at all these, like how all these cool riffs and all this, like, you know, I really wanted right. to show off and kind of, uh, you know, prove myself as a producer. But then I kind of realized like over time, you kind of realize no one really cares and that you're, that's just an ego thing and you, you have to let go and sort of, learn to appreciate the song for what it is and um that yeah i don't know if there's a good way you you kind you kind of know when you know yeah and then on the more you know I, uh the final test for me is always the car test is where i'll uh load it up on my phone and just uh go drive around like kind of aimlessly and sort of uh listen to it as i would listen uh to hear what it sounds like in the car yeah and that's sort of the once once it passes the road test then then it's uh <laughs> off into the ether yeah I could, I could do some like fake radio intros for you so you can lay it over to like the beginning of the song and make it sound like <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah. I just need a sample and it's like, that's uh that'll really, really set the tone. <laughs> um, like when, do you, and what do you start with? Like, I, I, that's always the interesting thing to me is like when you walk in clean slate, like what is it you're starting with to, to write a new track? It really depends sometimes it's like a synth sound or a riff um more recently it's been i almost always start on uh just like piano or guitar and um try to come up with some melodies or chord idea or something um but it's it really is sort of uh i actually pretty rarely go into the studio completely blank slate now it's it like I've sort of learned that your best ideas kind of come randomly. Yeah. Um, it's pretty rare that you sit down and you're like, okay, I'm going to write a song today and it's, and it ends up being good. Yeah. It, that doesn't really happen. It's more like I'll be walking down the street and like a lyric will come in my head and I'll be like, Oh, that's a really good lyric. Like, what does that really sort of mean? Um, it'll come from sort of diddling around and, um, it's basically, you, I, I have like a massive, uh, running note on my, uh, on my phone for random lyric ideas. Like if I, um, have a melody pop in my head, I'll record it. I'll sing it in my, uh, voice memos. Um, you know, I'll, I've like woken up in the middle of the night once and like a song was like, I had like written it in my head while I was sleeping and like the song existed now. And I like, like quickly wrote it down on my phone. And then, uh, when I woke up, I like had forgot, I'd like remembered waking up and I, and writing something down, but didn't really know what it was. And then I like looked at my phone and here's a song and it was like, Oh, like this is really good. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it, it really is like, uh, you, you don't know when it's going to come, but when it hits you, you, you just gotta be ready to catch it. And then yeah. getting in the studios about sort of developing it and finding what's exciting about it. And, uh, you know, just sort of following that path that the, the song tells you, you need to go. Yeah. 
Well, that, that's the thing too, is like, <clears throat> excuse me. Is there, is there like out of all the stuff you've put out recently, is there something that, that came out of that, like came out of something like you just didn't expect, whether it was a something in the middle of the night or. Uh, let's see. Um, I know. Uh, well, there's one song that's not the, the song that I wrote when I was asleep hasn't come out yet, but um, you know, I think it, it is a, uh, there's sort of, magical moments that happen so just for example in in diamond days it was i was just messing around playing piano and then i had this you know I, this line came into mind it's like i've been falling out of focus into oceans and it was like oh shit like i i have no idea what that line means i yeah. don't know where it came from but this this is like this feels really like the beginning of something really special. And then it's like, okay, what, what comes after that? And then it's like, okay, all right. Now I like, it, I wrote very stream of consciousness for a while. And then I was like, okay, like sort of the structure of it's there. Like what, what are the sounds that sort of tell the story of what, what, what I'm trying to say here. And it's almost like, you kind of turn your conscious brain off and just let your, you know, let your subconscious go wild and go stream of consciousness. And then you kind of, once that's, it's all sort of out there, then you're like, okay, what does this actually mean? And, um, it's, uh, the, the good songs kind of write themselves. I've noticed the more I have to really think about it and try to fit the puzzle pieces together. That's the, the less, um, the less powerful it becomes. And I, you know, I have songs or, that I've written that I'm like, well, this line, like if I change this lyric, it actually makes more sense, but then it somehow it like loses its, like what it meant or like loses the power that it had originally. Yeah. You know what I mean, and it's like, okay, well sometimes you just gotta like take your hands off the wheel and be like, no, nah, this is this, this original idea is, is uh, what it is. So you just like out of that one thing, just unravel it into a song. Essentially, like you unwrap this like little nugget of an idea into like this larger thing. Totally. And it's my whole thing is I'm always like, okay, what comes next or what, what does this need? Or like, what am like, what's the next cool thing I can do? Um, and, and I have to be excited about what, what I'm sort of, uh, like it, it has to be a discovery because as soon as you just sort of start filling in the blanks, that's when I think songs get stale. Yeah. And so it's like, you know, a lot of times I'll be like, Oh, um, once you're like, Oh, I, well, I, I did this before, so I'm just going to do it again. Um, that is when that that's a dangerous road to go down. And so it's, um, I've been lucky in that the songs where I kind of just made, sort of totally like i i don't know what this is this doesn't sound like anything i've done before or anything that is popular right now those have been the songs that have done the best for me so i've really leaned into the you know you can't sort of you can't pick a destination in mind you got to just kind of um follow where where the ideas take you um and you can't you can't kind of you can't plot where you want to go with it in advance yeah uh, 
I gotta, I gotta talk to you about some other stuff too, because, um, I know you're, you're, um, you're obviously locked up like the rest of us. Um, and normally I would talk to you about like where you're traveling to and stuff. We kind of touched on that and Mm -hmm. how we're not, um, what else are you doing to keep yourself sane? Are you playing games or anything or? I've been playing a lot of video games, uh, probably too much. Um, I've been, uh, before they shut the, um, the parks down, I was, I lived by a basketball court, so I was going and just kind of shooting around by myself. Um, I've been reading a lot. Um, I've been drawing, um, yeah, I mean it's but it, it's a lot of it's a lot of studio time now and just uh and doing creative work. So it's yeah. um the the video games is like the main uh way I kind of shut my brain off and kind of tune out for a little while. But then there's all, you know, it's all it's you just do things that uh you do things that are fun, right? Yeah. I like you know, I came up with like a board game idea. I'm like, my, my buddy is a, writer, a screenwriter and he's like, let's write a comic book. So yeah. we've been like, you know, every few days we'll like send some ideas about uh, like this comic book that we're doing. And it's just yeah. like anything to sort of just like fun, creative ideas is uh, yeah. is sort of what keeps me going. It's really interesting, too, because like, yeah, I guess it depends on the type of person, but um you know, I, cause I was sort of in the same boat. Like I said, like even this podcast was something I've wanted to do for about three years. Um, and, and I always had that thing in the back of my mind of like, well, you know what? I'm, I'm too busy doing this and I can't do it and give yourself every reason why you shouldn't do a thing. Um, mm-hmm. and then when we're all locked up and I have my, my home studio and I was just like, well, yeah, but you know, who, who am I going to reach out to? And, and, you know, like they're, they're busy doing their things. And, and I, it was also that kind of that fear of rejection of like, yeah, but like, you know, what if people I consider friends say no, cause that's awkward. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and then finally, I think someone was like, just, we just do it. Like, there's no, like, you're just going to keep finding reasons to say why you shouldn't do it. And you've been talking about this for three years. And I was like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I think that's the biggest thing for as a creative or really anything is I, people ask me a lot, like, well, how do you get started? And it's, I, a lot of ways, I, I don't know how to answer that. It's yeah. like, you just do it. Like how, they're like, I don't know how to get started. It's like, I, I know it's scary, but you, it, you should be doing it because you like it. And if yeah. you like it, then you're just going to do it anyway. Yeah. Right. It's like, why it's like, they're like, how do you, um, you know, how do you make time to make music? It's like, well, how do you make time to eat? Yeah. Like you just do it. Like yeah. you just do it. Like it's, it, it has to come from a place of just like, well, this is what I like doing. And even, even if I fail, I'm going to keep doing it. Right. Um, because you, no matter what you start, you're, you're going to fail at the beginning. Um, it's, you're, you're not going to be good at anything you start. And so I think for me, I think my greatest, sort of strength is I actually like being bad at stuff or I'm okay yeah. with being, with being bad at stuff. Um, I like getting better at stuff. So <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, I, I've, I've never drawn before, but then I, I was like, well, I'm going to get into drawing and it's yeah. like terrible. But then I was just like, well, I like doing it. And I'd like watch some videos and just, uh, kept doing it and yeah. I'm still pretty bad, but it's like, you know, I, the more you do it, yeah. the, the better you get. And it's, uh, it really is no matter what you're trying to do. If you're trying to learn to make music or start a yeah. podcast or whatever, it's you 
just you, you got to throw yourself off the deep end. Yeah. And just um, I got yeah. I got to ask, though. It's also like the thing that is really, uh, really interesting to see what people are playing. But what are you playing? Uh, right now, I'm playing a lot of Apex okay. on PS4. Yeah. Um, I was uh, I had a phase where I was playing World of Warcraft for with some buddies. Yeah. And then um, I actually I I deleted the game and like gave away my account uh, when quarantine started because I was like I cannot have this <laughs> in my life. It's I have a very addictive personality. I was like I my life is over if I <laughs> if yeah. I'm forced to be at home and playing World of Warcraft. Yeah. Um, I do, you know, I did, uh, I've been playing a little, uh, virtual D and D with, uh, some buddies. Oh my God. Uh, you know, it's, I, so I, so I've never played D and D and I've always wanted to, and I was watching, um, you know, the show community. Mm-hmm. So on community, they do like two episodes all about D and D. And I was like, mm-hmm. all right, that's sort of like the good explanation to me a little bit about what D and D is. And I yeah. got the starter kit. I've had it for in my closet for almost a year now too. Another thing yeah. that I'm like, I'll get to, but I, I, I think I'm afraid to throw myself into it. Cause I'm like, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Uh, the thing about that is you need, you have to, you just have to find a good group and yeah. preferably a group that's done it before and has some experience. Cause yeah. it really, the, the whole thing is, it's just like, it's very free form. Yeah. And so yes, there are a million rules and stuff, but that's almost sort of secondary because it's like, yeah, we will go into this cave and fight these like demonic <laughs> wolves or whatever. But really the, the true, the actual game is like you dicking around with your friends yeah. and like being like, <laughs> I'm going to get like, we're going to the inn and like, I'm going to hit on the innkeeper. And yeah. then like, I'm no, it's like, no, I'm going to hit on the innkeeper. And it's like, that's, that's sort of where the, the real magic in uh, D and D is. It's not, it, it's less about the, like, Oh, I use my long bow and yeah. whatever. It's like that, you know, that's, that can be, that's fun too. But like, for me, it's just like hanging out with my friends and just like, you know yeah you know you're just uh you're it's you're just role playing and just like doing silly shit so do you have a character you've been playing for a while or do you play something new every time uh we have one uh it's the same character we've uh we've run a few times i am a halfling um uh rogue okay i came from the i came from the circus i was raised in the circus <laughs> um, I'm very acrobatic, so I do a lot of backflips and stuff. And um, I uh, am a cut purse, so I'm very good at stealing shit. <laughs> did you write all your character traits, or did like do you? How, how did you come up with that? They're they're like templates for it, but yeah. it's like at the end of the day, it's like where what's your backstory? And I was yeah. like, uh, okay, I just like you know made this thing up, and you know I have. Uh, you know, there's like a rivalry with like like a sort of little rivalry with my other with another um, character because he's like he's a bard, so he's like a performer and he's also a good acrobat. So then we'll also you know we'll be talking to someone random and they'll be like, "Well, I do a backflip," and he's like, "Well, I do a double backflip," and it's like you know just like really silly, um, you know, sort of nonsense like that. Jeez, I, I really I got to get myself into it. I got to find a group of people that know what they're doing. And get into it and and try it. I'm I'm really I'm nervous though because I and I, I don't know why they make like playing D and D makes me more nervous than most other things. But <laughs> I, for some, I think it's just because you it have can to be, be really intimidating. Creative. But I think it, it really is. You you just have to find a good group and you have to find a good dungeon master because 
a good dungeon master will just let you kind of let you do whatever yeah. and will sort of accommodate the game for like how you want to play. Right. So if, you know, if it's like, you know, if you want to, uh, if you're like, you just think of like funny character things and then you're like, okay, well, if I'm a, you know, depressed dwarf who's really good at archery, <laughs> like, you know, it's, you know, it's like, that's, that's just like a funny thing. And yeah. it's like, you know, um, so it's yeah. just, uh, it's a create, it, it, it kind of tickles the sort of creative bone, but also like you're hanging out with your friends. Yeah. So, um, I'm assuming you can't tell me much about it, but I got to ask about the board game. The board game. Oh, I'll tell you all about the board Wait, game. Wait, really? Okay. I am very stoked about the board game. <laughs> all right. I want to hear. Um, I, was I think you'll love it, actually. Okay. Because I was afraid. Of, I was afraid. I was like, I don't know if he's going to want to tell me because if he has this great idea, I don't know if he's going to want to reveal it. But okay. No, I'm totally the, open. The, the idea is great. It's and I, I'm going to reveal it to the world. Okay. It's it's called Headliners. Okay. And the object of the game is to headline Boncello Palooza. <laughs> and so... It's kind of like um, the game of life. Okay. Uh, sort of meets, uh, you know, uh, Cards Against Humanity or something. But okay. Basically, you start in your mom's basement and you roll a dice and you go around the board. And as you do that, you pick up cards, which are like action cards. So, like, right. it'll be like one will be like practice guitar in your bedroom or whatever. One will right. be like um, you meet Bieber at a party <laughs> and like, you know, all sort of music industry sort of related things. Yeah. And then the, the way you win is you have to get to 10 points on two out of three categories. So the three categories are your talent your connections and your fans. <laughs> and so I think the interesting thing is you only need two of them. So yeah. you can have 10 fans and 10 connections and zero talent <laughs> and you still win, which is like real life, actually real life. <laughs> like it's actually kind of like the music industry. And so, and all the, all the cards are sort of are based on like insane shit that's actually happened in real life. So yeah. it'll be like, you know, it'll, one will be like, um, you know, interrupt arrivals award speech presentation to say that Beyonce had the best album of all time. Yeah. Right. And like they lose some stuff and you lose some stuff too. Right. Yeah. And it's like all, and it's all sort of based on that. Yeah. Um, and so that's, uh, I, I like made like all these cards and stuff and like drew a board and played a few times and it's still, it's still in beta testing, but it's, uh, oh, it's a, uh, it's um it's fine i've played it a few times put that to the copyright office like as soon as possible i i want to play that game already dude it's great it's um it's <laughs> i've played with music people and non-music people and they both they everyone everyone likes it they're like this can't be real and it's like no that like that actually happened yeah <laughs> so because I mean, the music industry is crazier than you know. It's it's absolutely insane. Well, that'll be the fun part. Cause like, there's some stuff obviously that I know right off the bat, and like you know, public knowledge type stuff. But I'll be I'll be interested to kind of also tune in to figure out what you're referencing and try to figure out the the riddle of like what real life event this is connecting to. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the fun part, right? There's yeah. like, you know, I, I was looking up just like crazy shit that had happened. Like ones like you know. Um, you know, eat like 
eat a eat a picture tear up a picture of the pope on snl right yeah like that was uh sinead o'connor and like there's uh there's a lot to draw from there's a lot of insane stuff that happens so yeah um speaking of tv is there anything you're watching on tv like binging while um just uh i just finished the outsider um i've been getting through tiger king like everyone else yeah which is the most insane like i how is that i i it's really hard to believe any of that's real but isn't it, isn't it weird um, that like with his entire quarantine or 2020 whatever you want to call it like in in our in pop culture it's going to be like all right well what did you do during quarantine and everyone's going to like in a little scrapbook of stuff we did it's going to be like our tiger kings it's just a part of like the zeitgeist of 2020 along with this like it's kind of it's kind of funny that like we oh we have like a all, like a tv show we all binge watched together and it was this insane story yeah it's it, it is kind of because apparently it's been out for a while or they've been trying to get it made for a while yeah. and it's it's just it all of a sudden it blew up yeah. and it was like um well i i kind of have to be a part of the cultural <laughs> conversation so but it, it really li- I, I think that's the thing it's like people a lot of people are like oh this is crazy or, oh this is great but then when people watch tiger king the reaction is the same across the board. It's yeah. like this is absolutely batshit crazy. This is yeah. insane. Anything else you're watching? Anything else you're like, or like underrated shows that no one else is watching and you think they should be? I I mean, my favorite show maybe ever is BoJack Horseman. Oh yeah, um, it is so good. I think it might be extra funny because I live in LA and it yeah. makes fun of all things LA. Yeah. But it is, um, it's incredibly funny. It's incredibly sad. Um, I've heard I, that. Uh, I haven't watched it, it is, yet, but I love Will Arnett and I, and, and I've heard amazing things about the writing on the show and the I've heard writing is thing. incredible. It's so, it, it's so funny. I like cried like a baby at, in the finale. Um, it's super depressing, but also just like super smart, super funny. Um, like, uh, I think it's, um, for me, it really hits home because it's sort of like the, the lunacy of the entertainment industry and sort of trying to live, like be a human, but also try to try to exist in this crazy world. I love, I love inside industry, like comedies and stuff. And there aren't enough of those like to there's so there's so many uh just like as an example there's like in la there are these ridiculous billboards from this um stylist hairstylist person called chaz dean and he's like he is he is the he looks really weird and has really weird haircuts on his billboards and it's like and if you live in LA, you've driven by them and you've definitely noticed them and you're like, that's weird. Yeah. But then like in the show, like just as a random sort of throwaway, they'll just like have a, you know, they'll throw a reference to that. Yeah. Like in, like in a background scene. Yeah. And so it's like, that's, um, you know, stuff like that is like, Oh, it, living in LA makes it way funnier. I think yeah. there aren't enough shows though. And like I said, I mentioned before I was watching community, which I love. I have such like an appetite for that kind of, that kind of stuff where like there are these, yeah, like there are these like hidden little jokes in the background that, you know, if you're in LA or New York or in the industry or kind of know about the industry or kind of stuff like that. But I got to find some more, man. There's, there's not enough of them. <laughs> I've never, I've, I actually have never seen uh 
Diplo show, but I wonder if that has yeah. that going on. Right. But, uh, but it's got to be on some kind of platform somewhere. I think the weird thing about that show, though, that was crazy was EDM, like in, in general, doesn't take itself seriously. So it mm-hmm. mocking itself, it's like, yeah, but you didn't take yourself seriously in the beginning anyway. That's interesting because I, I feel like maybe maybe less so now, but I feel like EDM took itself very seriously at the beginning. Oh, there was a point. Yeah. But I think by the yeah. time what would Diplo do came out, it was like, yeah, yeah, like, you know, Dylan Francis like was like doing all his like he's in the show, too. And he was already yeah. making fun of himself enough. And I yeah. think also like like the hard summer trailers. And, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like I looked forward to seeing those produced every year more than some oh, TV yeah. shows. I remember the, like the fruit one and the, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, dance music and meme culture intersect very, very often. So oh, yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah. And that was the thing too, is like, you know, everyone, and I think that's what was funny about it too, is like people who are outside of the culture who maybe didn't get it necessarily, would like look in and they'd be like, oh, these kids are doing like being silly or being stupid. And it's like, yeah, no, like they know they're being stupid. Like they're doing it on purpose. Like yeah, they're in on the joke. Yeah, I think, well, the sort of magic of dance music to me is that it really is fundamentally about acceptance and about like allowing people to be whoever they want to be. Yeah. It's a... Um, you know, you walk around EDC and there will be a group of like 15 dudes wearing jean shorts and my little ponytails. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's all good. Yeah. There's no judgment. And it's like, no, like that, that's you fam. Like do your, yep. do you. And I think it's for, uh, you know, people who don't feel like they fit in with popular culture, who don't quite fit the mold that they, that they think they should be it's a place where they're like oh no like you're at you can actually be who you want to be yeah and i i think that is like a truly magical kind of thing about it and i think it sort of um it, it, and it kind of extends now where people are feeling isolated and alone and not a, like it, being able to feel like you're a part of a community when you're separated from everyone is like a really powerful thing oh yeah you know what like when i <clears throat> before before I worked in EDM, I worked in, in pop radio and, and number one over there, it was like, it was either like manufactured pop, you know, like little like groups of people, they just kind of shoved together and be like, yeah, you guys are good. Now make the musics. Um, or there were people who were just like putting out like songs that were just depressing and, and just like, you know, and I was like, when I came over to dance music number one i was like everyone's authentic <laughs> like you know they're not they're not manufactured you know for the most part i mean there there's 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 a one or two in there somewhere but but <laughs> no for the most comment. part <laughs> but they're not manufactured and and it's or it's uh, it's authentic and i think like what i said before but more importantly too someone asked me like well why do you like dance music so much and i'm like because it's all positive and there's not a sad dance song like there it, it just doesn't exist and you go to the even like when it slows down right even like you're at a festival and and someone wants to kind of like you know transition the set and like the, bring like the mood down for a second it comes right back up and it's not like a sad moment it's just like this airiness like this atmosphere kind of sound um and i think yeah, that's, i think it's yeah. really cathartic and it, it yeah. sort of is so it's so um I think it's 
to me at, at this point like edm if that's what you want to call it it's it's less of a genre than more of a sort of technique where you're writing songs that that use like digital sounds and it's um that there's so much room in there to sort of create and uh create something new and uh it it lends itself very well to like creating really powerful emotions and i i think it's um there's just something about the energy that is uh really unique yeah but it's always positive to the point of us talking before about like people doing like you know virtual festivals and 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 you know digital sets and stuff like that you see it on the other side in other genres and it's like, yeah, it's all like super hyper produced, you know, making sure they have like all the cameras set up and the angles and they're going to have, you know, the set list ahead of time to figure out like, Oh, well what song do we need to play and get clearances of? And then there's a lot less manufacturing on this side of things than people probably even know half the time. Yeah. I think, I think fans would be surprised to know how, haphazard a lot of these things are <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's all like, oh, gum and, and right. duct tape yeah <laughs> oh yeah it is it is always a shit show <laughs> and it's like it's uh, like oh you, you you think that this is smooth operation like oh no you have no, like this is like they're <laughs> you know this is literally held together by duct tape <laughs> yeah oh my god it is i have so many stories over the years some stuff i'm not even sure if i am still allowed to talk about yeah i mean yeah. Thing, things always go wrong and i think that's sort of the difference between yeah. like a pro and someone who's uh you know an experienced artist is like the the really great artists are um uh when when stuff goes wrong they can yeah. they can play it off and they can keep it going yeah um I always think of that one video that went viral of uh, Skrillex playing at a festival and he like stepped on a chord or something and the <laughs> song it cut out right before the drop or something and everyone was yeah. like oh and he's like <laughs> shit yeah <laughs> I broke the mixer and everyone laughed and he like fixed it and it was like all good right yeah. and, and so like a moment that sort of could have been like sort of disastrous yeah He's like he played it off and like it made it better right yeah so uh speaking of which uh who were now if you know <clears throat> despite quarantines and stuff is there anything uh like once we actually are able to get back out there is there any is there any artist that you want to go see is there anyone that you really enjoy seeing on the stage um i always love seeing porter He's uh script and I think Skrillex is the um he's the best performer yeah. uh in the DJ world. He's so charismatic and he's uh I always go to his sets and try to find things to steal because he's um he, he's just the best. And I think I saw the the last time I saw Porter was when he was with Maddion. <clears throat> they did the shelter tour. Yeah. I saw him at uh, Countdown. It was after my set, and he. Uh, so I, I watched him, and there he played language as the clock struck midnight, and it was really magical and great, and probably cried. But yeah, <laughs> no, I do. I, that that song still like just. I, you know what's funny is like there are certain songs that I, I used the word before, but like like have an atmosphere to it, and that's mm-hmm. one of them that just has this atmosphere that if you just play it a full blast, like it, yeah, it, it's it's an emotional song in like the middle of July, much less like, you know, counting down into midnight with that. That's, that's, 
Yeah. And, you know, you, you feel, you know, that song's been out for so long now and I've probably heard it a million times, but then it's there, there is something magical where it's like, you know, it was like the countdown happened and then I was like three, two, one, do, 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 do. I was like, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. Um, but dude, thank you for, um, for doing this. It was just, I was going over, I was like, all right, well, who, who have I not talked to in a long time that I really miss talking to? And your name popped up immediately. I miss talking to you too, Tommy. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Like I'm glad you're doing this. Yeah. Let me tell you something like, you know, and I, and I said in the beginning too, is like, it was always the thing that I missed because I would, we, we would hang out after interviews and just talk. And, and I remember like vividly like i can feel the heat on my skin thinking about being in the middle of the desert somewhere uh, and doing that so uh i can't wait to see you again at some point once once we're allowed out of the house yeah man same but uh absolutely thank you for having me on and uh let's do it again soon yeah definitely thanks tim And that's it for the podcast this week. Thank you to Elefante, Tim Wu, for hanging out with me. Thank you to his team for helping me set this up. Uh, If you're not subscribed to the podcast already, go do that. iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the 128 Podcast or 128podcast.com. I am Tommy West. I will see you next week.